0: We thank you um, for coming and and wish you a happy Valentine's Day. Um, Today's forum asks, what is cultural heritage law? The answer is obviously going to depend on how it is defined. We define it very broadly. We begin with the tangible because international protocols are in place for sites, monuments, and objects whether they are above ground or in the water. With this sort of firm foundation in place, we can move on to the intangible, which is newer and is less well-charted. Law is at the heart of this program. While cultural heritage law is really a vibrant discipline in the United States and in Australia, national interests do tend to um, predominate. The European Union was swift to realize its importance, establishing programs and even institutes, but the focus is of course the EU. Globalization and technology have transformed the world, altered perceptions, and that sort of approach um, doesn't really work very well anymore. Oxford is, of course, an international university. It has a very large faculty of law, and it has a legal deposit library. This means that it can offer a global approach, and one that can be enriched by remarkable resources in its faculties of humanities and social sciences, and in its centuries-old museums and collections. The university can also offer the latest digital technologies through its division of mathematics, physical and life sciences, and associated units such as the e-Research Centre and the Internet Institute. Uh, the, The concept of cultural heritage law is, of course, not at all new. From antiquity, one state appropriated from another, and they made a point of taking material goods that embodied power and influence. Ancient Greek and Roman legal texts are well-known. Less well-known are the very much earlier examples from the Near East and from Egypt. Certainly, the ancients took bullion in a variety of forms, but it was the art, the visual culture, that they paraded publicly to show their supremacy. In the Middle Ages, when the Crusaders liberated the Holy Land, they looted Constantinople to embellish their own lands with its art. When Napoleon invaded the kingdoms of Italy, he took its art back to Paris to flaunt his power. So Mussolini and Hitler were following very well-established precedents. In the 21st century, cultural heritage is still being looted and sold for profit, but it is also being exploited, manipulated, and destroyed for a cause. We have seen too many examples over the past decade. International legal systems need to work together to protect the cultural heritage for future generations. In December, the Director General of UNESCO spoke passionately about the need to tighten these laws. There is even growing momentum behind a proposal to make cultural heritage a basic human right. In the past, cultural heritage has been heavily preoccupied with appropriation and restitution of cultural property. In the future, it will need to address new challenges uh, presented by new forms of armed conflict, by environmental change, and commercial exploitation. Cultural heritage on the web also presents new challenges. What happens when we give global access to linked open data created by research institutes in Europe? How can the law keep up with the pace of change in digital technologies? I firmly believe that we can meet these challenges and that we have an opportunity to promote not only cultural heritage law, but greater global understanding. And before I uh, hand over to our first speaker, I would like to take this opportunity to thank publicly the registrar who has supported me and given me very wise counsel over um, a good number of years when I've been trying to pull this program together. So most sincere thanks. And thank you for taking the time to be with us this evening.